The Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani, and this is the Rudy Giuliani Show. Or maybe it's the Joe Biden makes a fool out of the United States again show. Who knows? Or when the hell are we going to get rid of him? How much longer are we going to have a mental incompetent representing us in matters of life and death? Well, I guess the good thing is he's back on vacation. Short little brief, a little bit of teeny work. He went to Maui, got booed like hell. I don't know if they showed you that on television. I, they shouldn't show you the people throwing the finger at him. That's not right. Uh, but uh, the ones yelling, uh, go back, we don't want you. Uh, you're crazy, you're senile, that kind of stuff. They should have told you that because <laughs> they're, they're right. I mean, the, the buildup was amazing. He, he uh, This is the worst uh, fire in terms of casualties in over 100 years in the United States. Maybe the worst in Hawaii, maybe not, I'm not sure, historically. Uh, Americans died at numbers that... We haven't seen, I said, in 100 years in a fire. Uh, going to Hawaii is a long trip. I understand that. But uh, I don't know. Was it 10 days he was on the beach uh, building sandcastles? He didn't say a damn thing about it. And, of course, the press, the sellout press, which would have uh, 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 buried any president that did, that did that, it was as if it was normal for him to be put playing on the beach, walking around looking like, it was, you know, uh, the the day outing from the Nightingale Nursing Home, and uh, it was okay. And then finally, they had the temerity, uh, 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 temerity to ask him about it, and he gave him he gave a perfectly reasonable response, no comment. Like, who the hell gives a damn if a hundred people die? What does that have to do with me? I'm just the president. And they had a mild response to that. Then he decided to go which was a big mistake, by the way. At this point, all you're going to do is aggravate people, Joe. I mean, I know he doesn't understand they only make believe it works. Everybody now, even the people supporting him, know he's a complete senile old fool. And also uh, starting to believe that he's a major criminal and an evil man. So, but he decided to go with his wonderful wife, who had, you know, took four years to figure out they had a seventh grandchild and broke a heart for four of those years. Nice, nice, kind woman, Dr. Jill. I mean, just a, just a big heart, that Jill. Oh, boy. The Navy feels it, really feels the big heart of uh, step-grandma. Uh, and, boy, this is, I don't even like that step thing. Boy, does it apply here. Step-grandma who won't even put out her, her stocking for Christmas. Can you imagine? And him trying to sell us Dr. Jill. <laughs> Glad she wasn't my grandmother. Uh, in any event, <laughs> there are no Italian grandmothers like that, I tell you. I don't know what she is. I'm not making any aspersions on anybody. Maybe she's Italian even, and she's just the exception. But I had two Italian grandmothers, and they'd have taken any children. They would take, they'd have taken children that, that even belonged to us, and they did. That's what you call having love instead of hatred for people. You couldn't do what Biden does if he didn't hate people. You couldn't. Well, he had another no comment. Now he goes there. I mean, this every one of these trips is becoming a ridiculous embarrassment. And they literally.
to keep him home. I don't know. His opening remarks were, played football, some team. I don't know what team he played for. They can't tell him the team the damn guy played football on. He can't read it. Then we're going to get the lie about the fire. I don't know if he realizes when you empathize with people, which I had to do a lot of times in my life, and I had to learn it. I, I, the first time I did it, I, I, was, I was overwhelmed by it. It was bigger than me. I took time to learn it. I, Father Judge mainly taught it to me, and my friend, Monsignor Placa, who had, had to do it. You know, at so many funerals, I asked Father Judge the first time we were driving out to see the family of a firefighter who had died. How, how, how do you do this? I mean, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer, Father. I'm not, I never did this. He said, I'll tell you what you do. You're a good man. He said, you're a good man. You've got a good soul. You're already feeling for them. I can see that. Just let it out. First thing, they're going to be so impressed that you came. You're the mayor. You don't realize you're the mayor, but when you walk in that house... You may be the most important person that's come in that house. You may be. But don't act like it. You don't. Don't act like it. Just act like a regular guy, and they can, that's going to first of all make them feel that their son was very important, that the mayor came here. And second, just hug him and say you're sorry and tell him what you think, what you feel. So I did, and I did it then I don't know how many times. And you know during 9-11 how many times I did it. And I, uh, it was always hard, and I always felt that when it stopped being hard, I should quit. And it's still hard. But I love people. I really do. I mean, I don't mind saying it. I love people, and when they're in a situation like that, it's my job to help, help them and put, put out uh, toward them. I don't know. This guy's cold as hell. And uh, the doctor is really cold. They never express anything. I don't know, this Democratic bull about consoler-in-chief. and I mean, he's criminal-in-chief, without any doubt. But just listen to this gibber. I mean, this is like, uh, this is like crazy that we, send, that we send this guy out to do this. Why do we do this? Uh, why, and gosh, name, do we do this? Just listen to this. Hello, people of Maui. Oh, this is cut number three. I'm sorry. Cut number three. Hello, people of Maui. Senator Maisie, by the way, Maisie, I told my granddaughter, whose name is Maisie as well, she said, that's why I like her anyway. But her name is Maisie as well. Rick, uh, when we talked on the phone, I never, I, you look like you played uh, in defensive tackle for, uh, I don't know who, but somebody good. But at any rate, I want to thank you for your leadership. Uh, you know, the, the, someone someone said, I think it was a Democrat, he's going to screw this up with, on one of those communist networks. They were worried he's going to screw it up because he's going to go there and do the absolute worst thing you could do in a situation like this. Now, you don't have to be taught this if you're a good person. If you're not a good person, you've got to be taught this. Don't go and talk about yourself. They don't want to hear about you. We, we know his wife died. We know his son died, except he lies about it. And we know about it so often, it's like, uh, hey, we feel sorry for you, but that doesn't allow you to, it doesn't allow you to sell out to China, you know? You don't get away with selling out to China because your wife died, pal. 
I mean, you don't allow to, you don't, you're not allowed to take 3.5 million from Moscow because, because your, uh, your son died. And by the way, stop lying about how your son died. He didn't die in a line of duty. I mean, what the hell's wrong with you? And what's wrong with us for having you as president? And now this one, we got a, we got a new one now. We got a new one. And I, I, I knew he was going to do it. If I knew he was going to do it, why doesn't the staff know it and stop him? This is number number four. Number four. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. Oh, cut it off. Cut it off. First of all, don't he sound like he's drunk? The voice sound, I mean, I used to be a bartender way back, way back, a long time ago, a thousand years ago. I, before I figured out he was senile, I figured he was drunk. That voice, you can tell with the voice. I mean, what, what does he, what does he, what does he have to do? Like, have a stroke right in front of us before we throw him out? This is described in the local newspapers <laughs> as a small fire that was contained in the kitchen. Uh, and then also it could be considered a significantly insignificant, a, a, an insignificant fire. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's trying to compare the biggest fire in a hundred years in terms of loss of life, forest fire, to his kitchen having an insignificant fire in which his wife didn't almost lose her life. That's a damn insensitive lie. Now, why doesn't he get blasted for this by the press? This is something to blast him for. This is insensitive. It's mean. It's cruel. And it happens so often, it's pathological. And he's the president of the United States. And we get, and we let him get away with it because we are, we have become, ladies and gentlemen, not you, not me, because we fight it. But, but the country has become, to the world, a crooked, lying country with a massive propaganda mill that challenges China. This is the kind of crap that Mao Zedong used to put out. Now, I swam across the Yangtze River. Or Putin used to put out. This is the heroic Joe. I ran up the tree and gave the medal. First of all, it was the medal he never gave. He never ran up a tree. He was never in a line of duty. And it was Obama who gave the medal. That's. But, you know, this is not about Biden. It's about the people who are It's about the fact they're not getting the help they should get. It's about we're such a damn crooked country that they, they can't compare this to Katrina. When they drove uh, Bush crazy. Uh, Bush tried. 
Bush kept going there. This guy won't go there again. He's never been to New Palestine. Or East Palestine. Never. Those people don't matter. They're little, little deplorables, you know. Like in the song about the uh, rich men north of Richmond. He's one of the rich men north of Richmond. Anybody else? I'll take a few minutes off for my my uh, my trip to Lake Tahoe. And he's back at Lake Tahoe now. He needs another vacation. You know, last week he had to take a day off from his vacation. So he's got to take a week now to recover. I say it again. Every single person around him hates America. You can't love America and watch America being represented by a fool. This is like a Roman emperor, you know, an insane Roman emperor. And everybody's afraid to do anything about it. Do they love Rome? Of course not. They love the power that they had. So they let Nero stay. And Nero, we know what he did. He kept fiddling and Rome burned. Well, it isn't quite fiddling right now. I don't know what you would call it, but America is declining and declining and declining and declining. And its position in world affairs is laughable at this point. And when he shows up, the press is all ready for what's he going to Is he going to fall? Is he going to say he's in the wrong place? I mean, he didn't even know he was going to Maui. He was going to an island that's in the newspapers. Well, we'll be right back after the break, and we'll take a look at what's happening to the wall, to the secure borders that Biden and Mayorka say we have. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yep, this is Rudy Giuliani, back with you with the Rudy Giuliani Show. Well, I... uh, I don't know if you saw the pictures on the uh, in the post. I think they're on the front. I think I'm looking at the front page. I, this this was video. I mean, uh, copied front page or mi- middle page. But it, it, they opened the do- they opened the doors of the Trump uh, of of the of the Trump walls. Now let's uh, let's just review this for a second because maybe a little short story about these walls can tell you the whole history of our times. I've been involved in immigration enforcement since 1981 when I became associate attorney general because it was at the height of the Mariel boat lift and the Haitian uh, uh, migration, believe it, 100,000 people a month to the shores of South Florida. Ronald Reagan was elected into that mess, and I was appointed as the associate attorney general, and that was one of my main responsibilities. And I would say one of the reasons, even though I was quite young, I was picked because of my law enforcement background, experience, et cetera, et cetera. And I spent half my time in South Florida for about a year. I even went to Haiti to negotiate a treaty to fix it. Now, uh, this idea of a wall at the border has been a bipartisan effort forever and ever and ever. And Democrats supported this as strongly, if not more strongly, than Republicans. Some of the prime and biggest mouths on this were Schumer and Pelosi about how a wall can keep you out. Now, obviously, a wall can't keep you out forever. Somebody can climb over it, but the wall slows you down enough so that if you have even rudimentary uh, alert equipment, you can get sufficient forces there 
to stop them. And in some cases, it slows them down completely. depends on their condition. Uh, but if you add to the wall a f- sufficient number of Border Patrol, you adequately space them, which is all possible. The border is big, but it's not ridiculously big. Uh, a, a Border Patrol of, uh, what is it, usually 10,000? Okay, double the Border Patrol to 20,000, you can cover the whole damn thing. And virtually nobody will come in except a few people will always get by. Now it's the other way around. Everybody comes in. Everybody comes in when they want to. So the minute Trump was in favor of the wall, I don't know, I was shocked. I thought when he made that proposal, he was, was going to be the, like, wow, this is my big Trump thought of a bipartisan thing. I knew for 20 years Democrats supported it. Immediately they turned on it. Um, didn't matter what they said in the past. Of course, the press would never play what they said in the past. It became inhumane, indecent, horrible, a terrible thing to do. They all have walls around their houses. And they said, well, the wall will never work. Then what the hell are they opening the doors for? So take a look at the post. The doors are being opened by Biden. If the wall worked, you don't have to open the door, right? Why open the door? This is ridiculous. We, we this is you take this picture and when when Mayorka says we have a closed border, you say you're a damn liar and a traitor. We'll be back and we're going to have a very very interesting guest, Jason Jones, who can tell us an awful lot about the border. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani back with you uh, with uh, Jason Jones on the line. Jason is an internationally renowned border intelligence expert. He's been a captain with the Texas police. He's run more operations on the border than I think, well, at least as many as anyone, and is one of the top experts. Jason, thank you so much for giving us your time. Oh, Mayor, it's my honor to be with you today, sir. I, you know, I'm in New York mostly, although we're nationwide, but a lot of the audience is in New York and we're going through, we're going through a crisis of really of Mayor Adams in creation. He invited them here as the super uh, uber uh, sanctuary city and now he doesn't seem to know what to do with the hundred thousand. Could you explain how these people, how they get vetted and who vets them when they come in? And and what the role the cartels have in that, I think that's very hard for them to understand because it's a little bit new, like 20, 30 years. But explain that what the cartels, their role in this. Sure, absolutely. And it's, it's a great question. And it's really the part that most of the national media may or never tell the American people. Because when you cross illegally between the ports of entry and the national news shows you on video all of these people in one location you got to ask yourself why is it that at that location you see hundreds upon hundreds of people well the reason for that is because that is all by design because what that's doing is sucking in every resource of the border patrol of state law enforcement and local law enforcement to handle that because then what happens is on the sides, upriver and downriver, that's where first the cartels will then move their runners. And runners are these people who can't come into the country for whatever reason, whether they're wanted, whether whatever, they've got sexual offenses or whatever it is, they are not allowed to be in the country. And so they're what we call runners. That's So from there then, once they see that the runners make it through, Mayor, 
then that's where they then begin moving deadly drugs like fentanyl and methamphetamine. What I think would stun your audience is how they have truly operational control of our southern border. And, you know, you hear people say that, but, Mayor, no one ever tells you how they have operational control. They utilize what they call the Halcon Network. Those are lookouts or scouts. And you would be stunned. They're literally on every bend in the river, both on the Mexico side and on the U.S. side. And they use two-way handheld encrypted radios or uh, telephone with encrypted apps to communicate. Now, on the other side, we're not at this point now. We used to, on the other side, we would do things. like. But now we don't do any. We Actually, we help, we help them come in, don't we? We do. That's absolutely right. And and that's why you see Border Patrol taking in those long lines of people, because they're usually family units, and so they're allowed to stay. And But it's very coordinated operations with these cartels and how they operate. And that's really the story that's not told to the American people. And not only that, those people that you do see in South Texas, in areas where the Gulf Cartel, for example, is in control, they literally put wristbands on men, women, and children, Mayor. And the reason for that is because that's a commodity to them, and they've adjusted from the smuggling of people into the trafficking of people. So many of them, just to cross through their area of responsibility, they will be in debt. Even though they're in our country now, they'll be in debt to the cartels for years, if not decades to come, because of the enormous fees that they now charge. The other thing that amazes me from, you know, I compare it to my years in enforcement, which was back in the 80s during the Mario Boatlifts, the Haitian migration, uh, the difference is uh, well, a lot of the people that came over, they came over because they wanted to. Good reasons, bad reasons. They weren't really controlled by a cartel by and large. But the, these people are selected by the cartel. So they may let, let a certain number of legitimate people in, but they, it really that should is. take advantage of their purpose of sneaking their own people in. Well, I think it's well said, and that's exactly what they do, because when you see those long lines, it opens everything up to where the cartel can move whatever they want in and out of our country as they want. And you you got to ask yourself, how is it we've had 1.7 million gotaways under the Biden administration in the last two and a half years? Mayor, those are just the ones we know about, according to CBP, never mind the ones we don't know about. So our our borders is wide open, and the American people are feeling it. In the North, you guys really feel it through the overdose death. They're really poisoning uh, yeah. from fentanyl I mean, and methamphetamine. A, a couple of weeks ago, Mayor Adams sent a busload of people up to uh, Buffalo, New York, with a kind county executive who said, I'll, I'll take 30 or 40. Within one day, they had two rapes, and he sent them all back. It's terrible. I mean, yeah. now, I remember the, the 80s, and... The actual truth was that the illegals, although there were some criminals and drug dealers, when we were having big crime problems in New York, the illegals were committing less crimes than our own people. Yeah. But they were just, they were, they were by and large, mostly people coming in for jobs with criminals sneaking in with them. Now it's the other way around. The the criminals are deciding who comes in. That's right. And the other part of this as well is that we have to remember this border issue now today is not a U.S.-Mexico problem. The world is coming. We've had over 163 countries in 10 months. We've never seen anything like this. And, you know, I used to command the Texas Rangers Border Security Operations Center. 
under the Obama administration. And I've got to tell you, Mayor, we averaged zero in some years, all the way up to maybe five people on the FBI terrorism watch list. The data that just came out from CBP indicates that 146 individuals on the FBI terrorism watch list have, were, were crossed in the last 10 months alone. We have never been where we are in the implications and the failure of national security in this country. It's absolutely so stunning. So if I'm running an, a, a, an Islamic extremist terrorist group somewhere, I can look at the border and say, I can get my people across with no problem. I might have to make a deal with the cartels. And, of course, they've been making oh, deals I, for 30 years, right? That's exactly right, and they know exactly who to contact to ensure that their operatives get in. And I'll tell you, as somebody that has worked programs to actually stop that, exactly what you're talking about, it's become so sophisticated now that what the cartel will do, let's say they've got a cell of about five Middle East terrorists they want to move in. They'll move them usually one or two at a time, so that way if Border Patrol does stop at least one or two of them, they don't stop the entire cell. Very organized. So I, I wake up this morning and I see a picture in the New York Post of their opening the doors of the Trump wall, at least the part of the wall that he did get built. They're now opening the doors? What yeah, the hell is that about? make it up. And they're selling off the pieces of the border wall now that are lying all over South Texas that the American taxpayer has paid for and built. They just haven't placed it upright yet, up, down, all on the border, and yet they're selling that off. So I, I will tell you, uh, none of these policies make sense. And, you know, I will say it again, and I will say it again and again, that what Americans are really witnessing at your southwest border and with these cartels, Mayor, represents the most significant national security and public safety threat I agree with to the you, American Jason. people. And God bless you. And keep, and keep, keep safe, huh? Uh, be in touch with you, you very as well, soon. Sir. Thank you. If you need this anything at all, let us know. This man's a real hero. He's right on the right on the front lines and gets right into it. And, you know, I just wanted to have somebody report to you. I tell you about this, but I want you to have somebody report to you. That does it day to day. I mean, it's incredible. You think of it this way. Look at that border. Look on a map. And it's it as if there are toll booths run by one of the worst organized crime groups in the world. And the Mexican crime groups are now the equivalent of the Colombian cartels and the mafia in terms of violence. Maybe worse, but certainly they, they are extraordinarily violent, and they are very rich, very. And fentanyl is putting them through the roof in terms of rich, both they and China. Thank you, Joe Biden. This is all thanks to Joe Biden. This, this, this toll booth operation, all of this, none of this was happening before we, uh, uh, we, we, we elected this hate America, incompetent, weakling, nitwit coward as president of the United States. And we're paying for it with significant loss of American life. I think I have Curtis Sliwa with me. And I have, I hope I do. Cause Curtis, yes. Cur Curtis, uh, Curtis, I was listening to this. This uh, debate with uh, Borelli and and uh, the other councilwoman, Ariel, I can't understand. Tell me what's going on. Four months ago. Uh, I think Mr. I know a little of this, but I'm a little right. confused. Four months ago, Mr. Mayor, I revealed to our massive audience that I had information from City Hall 
that uh, there was negotiations with the federal government and with the governor's office. I remember this, right. To move uh, illegal aliens on to uh, Floyd Bennett Field right. and to nearby Fort Tilden, which is in Rockaway Floyd Bennett Field on Flatbush Avenue right there in Brooklyn. And uh, Sid Rosenberg, obviously concerned, a lot of people, he lives right there. Joanne Ariola, who represents that area in the Rockaways, completely disparaged me, said, why are you listening to a talk radio show what? host? Uh uh, Rudy, you know, you went through the campaign with me uh, yeah. to become mayor in the primary. My, what a mistake. I mean, not you. What a mistake right. the people made. Ooh. Right. But the worst enemies I had, both in the primary when I crushed Mateo and in the general election, were our own Republicans. They sided with Eric Adams. Hey, look, I, I went through that representing Trump. Yes. Every step of the way. Now, Joe Borelli. He spent uh, this like past year disparaging me because I've been. When did Joe become like that? Well, he became like that when they wanted to move a cruise liner into the old home port uh, right there in Stapleton. And I raised the alarms. I said, you can't let a cruise liner come in there and house illegal aliens. They have nowhere to go, nothing to do. That area of the North Shore will be destroyed. Did you, did you just listen to Jason explain who these I- illegals are? These are not romantic illegals of the 1970s and 80s coming in to pick, you know, pick crops. These are people coming in to kill you, sell you fentanyl, uh, uh, engage in prostitution, sex trafficking. They're selected by the damn cartels. Yeah. And so uh, I've uh, been sort of like the uh, messenger. Uh, they don't like the sound of the message, and they try to kill the messenger. I can't tell you how many times, thank God for John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez, uh, some of these people uh, allied themselves with the Adams administration. They wanted me fired. They wanted me uh, basically put on the shelf. Uh, they wanted me to uh, say a retraction, apologize. And, you know, you, Rody, you know me. I told them to go kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, I do know you. I said, no, I'd rather get a job. I'd rather get a job hanging wallpaper than not be able to tell the people the truth. And right here we have more evidence. You remember I was talking about the former police chief. James Burke out no, of Suffolk one too. That's County. That's another reason I wanted to put you on. I've been, I've been I've been reading all your material on him. I've become a real expert, but not as much as you. Uh, this guy, I mean, this is sort of like the Kennedy assassination. You know the players. You just got to you got to get the evidence to. This guy had had to have a big part in the cover up of this thing. Right? Oh, m- massive! But worse than that, he was protected by the political elite. Democrats and Republicans in uh, Suffolk County. I'll give you an example. He's, he was a sergeant at one point in uniform. He's having sex in the vehicles, marked vehicles. He's caught. He gets into a drunken driving accident. He's caught. He's caught with illegal paraphernalia in his car. And then Steve Ballone gets elected the county executive. And he immediately appoints him police chief, even though later on in an interview, he goes, oh, I know James Burke, he's a sociopath. And so people were saying, if you knew he was a sociopath, why the hell did you make him police chief, which is the number two guy of a 2,500-person uh, police department in Suffolk County? And James Burke did everything he could in, in 2010 when these murders uh, were first being discovered to prevent the FBI from getting involved because they would have found out everything he was doing 
and maybe what Steve Malone was doing and what the police commissioner was doing. And, and then, of course, and the DA, the DA did get prosecuted. Yes, though, right? the DA. And imagine his assistant was in charge of ethics, legal ethics. He also went to jail. There was a whole bunch of them. And uh, that's why this guy, James Burke, was the poison in the well. These crimes would have been resolved probably back in 2010, 2011, if, in fact, the FBI and the oh state police goodness. had yeah, been able I mean, to come in and do their job. Uh, Ted and I went out there. The first day we went out there, and I saw the house, and I read about the car. I said, I could, I could have. I think you and I sat down and said, if they gave us this evidence 10 years ago, you and I could go out there and solve it in two days. be really hard to find a guy six foot six that looks like an ogre that lives in a community of no more than 17,000 and who has a car that uh, is a very, very unusual automobile. I mean, this was, it was like uh, any New York City detective, a kid detective could have gotten this one done. But you see, Rudy, the concern I have is that they have this guy, I call him Architect Rex, He's in the Suffolk County Jail. They've taken him off of suicide watch. Why would you take this guy off of suicide watch? <laughs> You're looking at another. You know the answer. Right. Uh, because he knows where all the bones are buried. Did Hillary, Hillary make the recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, we know there was that gated compound in Gilgo Beach. You were there. Oh, that yeah. You, you yeah, knew yeah. people many years ago who lived in that compound. Too. It's uh, you have to have wealth. You can't just live there. You know, right. if you're middle class, blue collar, or upper middle class. And what these police would do, and these elected officials, is they would go in there. James Burke had a place, and they would uh, engage uh, explain, in bondage. Explain what just got arrested. Okay, I have to take a break. Oh, James Burke uh, just got arrested. He was at the Suffolk County Vietnam Veterans Memorial yeah. Park this yeah. morning at ten fifteen, soliciting sex from a male prostitute. There you go. Okay. Tells it all. All right. Well, thank you, Curtis. And just really thank you for being Curtis. This guy is uh, hes a gem. God bless him. And we'll be back for the mayor's final thoughts. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, and I am back with the mayor's final thoughts, brought to you by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers is the place that you go to help the men and women in uniform who put their lives at risk for us when, God forbid, the worst kinds of things happen. Where they where they are, where they are uh, injured uh, catastrophically and uh, have difficulties, you know, doing the normal things that we would do. God forbid, killed in the line of duty. Frank Siller and his organization is there for them right away, paying off the mortgage on the home, trying to figure out how to build a smart home. Now that's very expensive. Very expensive. Costs a lot of money. T2T probably has one of the smallest administrative costs you can imagine. I mean, they just whittle it down to, uh, I'm not, I'll get you the exact percentage, but maybe six, five, six, seven percent, something like that. Even though there's a lot of it's regulatory and required. But you know this money is going to get these houses built. I've been there. I've watched them. I, uh, uh, I know a kind of work that they do. 
Well, I'm going to take a call because I didn't, and I feel bad uh, because I, uh, you know, you guys like to call, and that's one of the things that we do. We talk, and I had two great guests, didn't I? Wow. Well, let's go to Robert Brooklyn. Hi, Rudy. Good afternoon. Good, Robert. Um, a few points. Two points. Number one, if anyone has his doubt about how horrible our government is, just look at all the money they have available for Ukraine, but they don't seem to have anything available to help those poor victims in Maui, Hawaii, or those poor victims in the train disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. That's number one. And, um, you know, number two is they're bringing back uh, the COVID mandates, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, just in time to set the stage to steal the election again. They're going to try to do it again. And the last point I want to bring to your attention is, is if by some miracle God helps us to get either you, you know, Trump back in office or Kennedy, but especially Trump, who's been so victimized by this horrible judicial system and also you, I hope you guys, I pray you guys, if you have to hire there's 535 special prosecutors to go after each and every member of the Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. Maybe then they'll pass legislation that the prosecutor, there's a limit to how much discretion a prosecutor can have. Because this is prosecutorial abuse. Yes, uh, nobody knows it better. I, 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 did, play- I did the job. I know exactly what it is, my friend. And it disgusts me. It disgusts me. I have to tell you, I know it sounds self-serving, but I did the job with the tremendous amount of uh, uh, consideration given to whether it was a real case or not. I, I, I didn't go with a lot of cases. I, uh, I never went with a case where I had doubt. Uh, I, I mean, it weighed on me, it weighed on me many, many times. I'd spend days uh, contemplating a case. And I, I'll tell you this, the day that I left being United States Attorney in the Southern District of New York was January 1st, uh, 19, January 1st, 1989. I woke up and I said, wow, 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 wow. The weight's off my shoulder. It was the weightiest job I ever had. But it has to be, and if it isn't, you shouldn't do it. And that, this is the problem of selecting the wrong people. Also, the rules have to change. You're right. And we can talk about that tomorrow. God bless you, and God bless America. Great question, my friend. God bless you.